And in Thursday Finance today, Stephen Pritchard's going to chat to our guest Richard Murphy and it's going to be about bond markets and interest rates as well and how they interact. We'll also have our in-depth look at the market with Henry Jennings from Markers Today and a general overview of the market coming your way. Thursday Finance and Stephen Pritchard. How are investors travelling this week? Well, it's all been a bit sad this week for both so, investors and, 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 and people wanting to go overseas. Oh, dear. But I've got to say that a bit of red is actually quite festive, isn't it? A well, festive yes, colour, colour it's for the a season. festive <laughs> colour. And I suppose there's a little bit of green here. So, um, yeah, yeah, so, but, but mainly... We're looking then, Christmassy. <laughs> we're looking Christmassy in here. I mean, I see Randy's returned from... The Christmas his, dog, his yes, hiding he said, place. He's yes. looking a bit... He's getting a bit old now. He's poor stuff. He's looking bit, wonderful, and he's got some extra decorations around him, which is, of course, quite possible for you to see on the webcam, the studio webcam. I'll turn him to around, so that, oops, No, no, he's looking up there. So he's, he's down. Yeah, he's good. He's down. Okay. okay so, so what about investors? How investors, are they? So the investors in gold, um, you know, they've, they've, they're, they've dropped $13.35 an ounce down at $2,133. Um, the crude oil price was down $1.15 a barrel to $92.01. So, you know, a bit of bad news in the commodities. Uh, the US dollar, we're up against US dollar, surprisingly, but I think that's mainly because the US dollar fell against all the other currencies. So so we're 68.49 cents against the US dollar. Um, and against the uh, Great British Pound, we're um, 52.26 um, pence. Yeah, is uh, that up or down? Oh, uh, that's uh, down marginally. Down, down marginally. Down marginally yeah. Okay, so if we're going traveling, one seven pence. We yeah, should go yeah. to the US. Okay, we should go to the US yeah. or or to Europe. We're, we're actually up against the the, the euro of. Um, Oh, half a euro cent to uh, 61.81 euro cents. So oh, probably over to uh, Europe for the snow. Okay. Yeah, yes, there's a good thought. And the equity markets, of course, we can't afford it because we've lost all this money in the equity markets. Um, the All Ordinaries Index was down uh, 251 points. Um, it was making a little bit of a recovery this morning, but, but it was down to 6,714 on the close yesterday. Uh, the S&P 500 was down 40 points to 3,112. And the Okay, FTSE was down uh, down two hundred and twenty seven points to seven thousand one hundred eighty eight. Mm, what about our favourite stocks around here? Favourite stocks were all were all very unfavourable this week. Okay. Uh, BHP was thirty six dollars and eighty three, which is down a dollar sixty seven. CBA was down um, three dollars seventy nine to uh, seventy seven dollars and eighty three cents, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, NIB was down twenty four cents to six dollars forty. Seven and Telstra was down twenty one cents to three dollars and sixty five, and the fuel price. Of course, the fuel price. We've got less money to spend, and the fuel price has gone the other way. Of course, the, it's gone up. It's gone up. Oh yeah. dear. The unleaded's up nine point four cents a litre to dollar fifty six point six in Newcastle, a dollar fifty four point six in Sydney, and the diesel price is pretty much the same as last week, a dollar forty nine point nine and a dollar forty six point four in Sydney. Okay, so they're fairly close. They're very close. Sydney and Newcastle very at close. the moment. So, so no, yeah. no use driving to Sydney to fuel up your car. Two new RFMs, Thursday Finance. Stephen Pritchard, we're joined now by Henry Jennings, senior market commentator at Marcus Today. And got some questions for him. Hi, Henry. 
Hello, Hello Stephen. How are you? Good. I've got some questions. How many oh, weeks? Yeah. How many weeks to Christmas? Oh, it must be uh, three weeks. There you go. Right, oh. first go. Is that right, Jane? Very well I hope it is. done. Uh, yeah, we all be. hope it is. <laughs> Twenty-six minus five. Twenty-one. Three weeks. Close enough. Close <laughs> there you enough. go. So, there you so, go. so just before Christmas, the NAB's got a new Christmas present, a new CEO. They have. This is the former CEO of the Royal Bank of Scotland, where um, this guy has been the CEO for some time, and uh, his name is Ross McEwen, and he's coming to our shores. I think he's a Kiwi, actually, originally. Oh, is he? Um, but uh, he's been uh, trying to turn around the uh, the much damaged Royal Bank of Scotland RBS in the UK, which the government owns sixty four point nine percent of. Still, uh, they had to bail it out during the GFC, um, and he has done um, supposedly, although um, opinions vary on this, uh, he has done supposedly a good job in turning around uh, the Royal Bank of Scotland in the UK, and is a good candidate. Uh, therefore, to uh, to turn around the uh, the misfortunes that have beset uh, National Australia Bank in, in recent years. So um, the market is, I guess, it's kind of positive on this. You've got the new broom yes. kind of uh, feel to it. Um, as I say, opinions do differ on Royal Bank of Scotland, but uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, um, it's uh, it's kind of he's taken a lot of tough decisions, which probably needed to be taken uh, there because, uh, as the man previously, Fred. Um, Godwin or Goodwin, I think it was. Uh, Fred the Shred, as he was known, went on a, a buying spree uh, that even a um, even a shopper on Black Friday with his asleep with his finger on the enter button would have been proud of. Mm-hmm. So, so RBS was a bigger mess than that, of course. RBS was a uh, pretty much a case. basket case, uh, in, and the government had to take it over. They have sold down bits and bobs of it over the the last uh, decade, um, but certainly he is perceived to have done a relatively good job and been able to take the tough decisions there. So maybe he'll be able to do the same here. And uh, the Westpac. Uh, um well, we saw it. The Westpac Adventure. <laughs> the Westpac, that's a good term. The Westpac Adventure rolls on. And, the Westpac Adventure uh, the Westpac rolls Adventure. on. And, yes. uh, well, it is Christmas, you know. Uh, the Westpac Adventure rolls on, and there's calls for more directors to uh, to uh, fall on their swords as the AGM comes along. Yeah, well, we've got the AGM uh, next Friday, which is likely to be a spicy affair, I have to say. Um, I think they might need more than tea and biscuits for shareholders this year. Maybe, maybe tea and Valium would be more, more, more appropriate. Um, but um, the uh, the company has just finished their share purchase plan. I think twenty four ten was the price that shareholders will get their discounted stock at. Um, stocks currently, um, banks are having a better day today, as is the whole market. And we have had some news from the uh, Reserve Bank of New Zealand on capital requirements, which has been much anticipated. Um, and it is, uh, the banks will have to probably find another 20 billion in capital, but they do have seven years to do it, uh, mm-hmm. to, to satisfy the requirements of uh, the RBNZ. So although it seems a lot of money, um, retained earnings, dividend reinvestment plans, all those sorts of things will really help, and it's not exactly a surprise. Um, so they will have been making um, you know, making provisions and, and looking at how they're going to do it. So um, the banks have all rallied today, which is a good sign, but then so is the market after two days of a pretty 
bleak conditions, it's nice to see a 1.1% rise in the market today. Yes, and um, we'll just have a quick talk about uh, Caltex, then we'll, we'll come back. Yeah, um, sure. And so um, Caltex has rejected the uh, first um, offer and uh, suggested they need a higher offer. Well, they always do, don't they? Yes, I mean, that's, yes. that's, uh, that's very much the, uh, the modus operandi of these guys. Um, but there's a Canadian group that's come along and bid $24.50 for it. Um, Caltex had only days before the, um, this Canadian bunch uh, bid for the company had revealed plans to, to uh, sort of float off um, the retail sites into a separate vehicle. Um, and they're also going to do a hybrid uh, security, and they're going to raise 300 to 500 as part of ongoing capital management. Um, and they have um, today they've had an investor day, and they're talking about profit guidance um, is expected to be around 320 to 360, which the market seems to like. Um, so it's all piling pressure on the uh, on the Canadians to come back with a higher. Um, bid. They have given them some sort of um, access to the books, not uh, not complete access, but a, a little bit of due diligence there, a little peek under the covers. So um, that is positive, and I guess the market is at the moment expecting uh, some sort of higher uh, offer. But, but of course, um, there would be some FIRB things to consider and all sorts of other things. So um, not done and dusted by any stretch of the imagination. Thursday Finance, and we are looking at our market update with Henry Jennings. Retailers, of course, are much in the... Uh... Well, if your retail sales aren't going up now, I think you've got a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, they've had this Black Friday, which is another American custom that seems to have invaded our shores in the last couple of years. Um was on... Uh, Last Friday, I think. Yeah, it was last Friday, yeah. Was, yes. It was. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and the retail sales on that was stronger than they expected. Yes. Um, record um, Records fell everywhere. Jerry Harvey could hardly contain his glee. Um, so we had uh, Black Friday, and then uh, over the weekend, I seem to get deluged with emails yes, about yes. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, etc. Um, interestingly, uh, today, Afterpay released its um, sales numbers for Black Friday. Um, that included Cyber Monday as well. Record uh, trading days across key performance indicators. Underlying sales of $160 million uh, in two days, which was up over 160%. On last year, uh, they had 140,000 new customers signed up in those two days. Um, so um, it's it's a thing. Mm. It's 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 a big thing. Um, the problem, I guess, and we saw this today with retail sales uh, numbers came out uh, from the uh, from the ABS. Not that they are including Black Friday, uh, but they were pretty much flatlining. So the problem that retailers have is that has everybody stopped spending before the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sort of sales, and then do they stop spending afterwards, um, and therefore it kind of all averages out over a period of time. So it could be that a lot of people brought forward their spending yep. uh, before Christmas mm-hmm. uh, rather than uh, all that last-minute Christmas shopping that... I tend to do. So. Yes, and they've, um, and they've cut their margins on the brought forward spending. And they've cut their margins on the brought forward. So um, you, you have to be a little bit careful, but certainly, you know, Jerry Harvey was pretty happy with himself and the business, 
and um, the rest and Kogan was the same and obviously after is doing well as well so it, it is a big thing now this Black Friday mm-hmm. thing it certainly uh, has a big um, sort of pull for consumers there's, there's certainly plenty of money out there yes. it's just people are choosing to do different things with it yes and uh, Matt Cash has uh, Matt Cash has got a few problems again uh, you know 237 million dollar goodwill write-off after they lost a 7-Eleven account yeah, I mean, it just seems to be, um, you know, one problem after another for poor old Metcash. They, the stock price sort of rallies up, then they have an issue, and it drops all the way back again, and it starts the, the sort of climb back up, and then it has another issue, and it drops back down again. But, yeah, they, they've lost the 7-Eleven uh, contract, which is obviously a big hit for them, um, and uh, no amount of uh, Shane Jacobson ads is going to replace that, unfortunately. Um, and the stock price is uh, down again today when the rest of the market is up. So um, against the backdrop where defensive consumer staple stocks like Woolies, West Farmers and Coles have all had 25% or 20% plus gains this year, um, poor old Metcash is really, um, it's only just above, it's about 10% above where mm-hmm. it started the year. So um, certainly a big laggard in that sector. Okay, and then Amasim, is that how we pronounce that? Amasim. Amasim? Yeah, uh, like sh- amazing. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, their shares have jumped on takeover rumours. There was talk about Vegas at one stage. Um, there was, um, and, and there's, um, these are the guys that do, um, they're an Optus reseller, basically, mm-hmm. and they, oh, I'm actually a customer of Amazing. Oh, and actually, does it work uh, well? So, so it does, it does. It's, it's an Optus system, it works pretty well, and it's pretty reasonable for the amount of data I get, which is extraordinary, um, is, uh, is I could run the... My, my Netflix on it, and they also get free international calls. Not that I'm giving them a, a plug, but it's, no, no, um, it's, right. it, it's it's not bad. But there are there's a lot of things happening, a lot of moving parts at the moment happening in the uh, the mobile business. Of course, we've got 5G coming. Optus is rolling out their mm-hmm. 5G. Um, there's the TPG uh, Vodafone merger, which still is yet to be. Um, decided on by um, the authorities not looking until next year I think February 2020 is when we're going to get some news on that and Amazing which is this reseller does hold some attractions and there has been some rumours that uh, maybe Focus would be interested in it there's also rumours that private equity are having a little look at it because it has been suffering a little bit and they've also got into um, energy as well so uh, they've become uh, an energy reseller as well as a, um, a telephone mobile reseller too so so um, I guess there are some attractions. They've got a lot of uh, database subscribers. So um, it's been enough to pull the shares up from 30 cents to 41 cents. It's hardly set the world alight, seeing as it started over a dollar this year. So it's uh, mm-hmm. had a pretty tough year um, as competition has taken its toll on this one. But uh, there may be a little glimmer, a little crack of, um, crack of, of light. Hope. A crack of hope, a, a little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. It may be an oncoming train, or it may be um, it may be some sort of rescue party with their head torches. Okay, and then one last thing to finish up: uh, uh, Afterpay. The RBA's raised concerns that uh, retailers are raising their prices to recover the afterpay uh, commission, which I think is between four and six percent or something. Um, yeah. And afterpay has dismissed that. 
which is what you'd expect. So, uh, yeah. Um, this is interesting because I, I, I've started asking when I go in a shop that's six after power, I want my 4% discount. Right. And has it worked? Uh, sometimes it does. Yeah, I haven't even thought about that. There's one. There's a story that one of the the the, the minor second tier stores have actually got an afterpay discount button on their cash register. If you ask for it, really? <laughs> yes. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah no, it's, just, it's certainly that something that afterpay is pushed back against in terms of what the RBA is saying. Um, and I guess it, it could become a thing. At the moment, it seems that the retailers are happy to, to uh, I guess happy is a relative mm-hmm. term, but they're happy to pay that um, that sort of 4% merchant fee they get charged by Afterpay because they are bringing so much business yep. to them. Uh, I guess if that changes, then there might be some conversations about uh, a changing fee structure. But certainly at the moment, it, it does seem to be uh, a thing, a phenomenon, I guess, um, digital buy now, pay later, digital lay-by, um, and retailers seem to be happy to pay it. I, I have to say, I always I use Amex a lot, and I always get really upset when you get the uh, the, the Amex surcharge, which uh, remains a, a big thing around the place. But whereas when you go to Europe, everyone's delighted to take Amex, yes. which is yes. a bit weird. Same in the UK. Or can mm-hmm. we get, can we take Amex? Whereas here, you get slugged with a one and a half percent. Surcharge, but anyway. But at the moment, the RBA and Afterpay seem to be happy, and merchants seem to be happy. Certainly, those numbers that we've seen from Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, say that the millennial customers also seem to be happy. Okay. Well, we're all happy, and we'll hopefully be happy to talk to you next week, Henry. We sure will. Happy to talk to us. Thanks, Henry. Lovely. Thank you, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. Our market update, Thursday Finance on 2NURFM. We're going to take a look at bond markets and interest rates with Richard Murphy, who's from the Australian Bond Company. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. And uh, the Reserve Bank met this week and uh, uh, no news is good news? Yeah, left interest rates alone for the last um, time this year, so... Mm-hmm. The market's kind of generally thinking there will probably be another cut from 0.75 down to 0.5 around March, April, May next yeah. year, and that's what the, that's what the market, the futures market, looks like. Mm-hmm. That sort of a level, but you know, is it is it going to work? Is it do is it going to work for the economy? It's certainly certainly working for a property um, with um, the rebound in property prices and biggest rebound nationally since 2003 and then Sydney's biggest jump in one month mm-hmm. since 1988 I was reading the other day. Uh, well, what about the, the, the what about the volume of property? Is the property, is the stamp duty receipts going up? Because the, the stamp duty receipts is the real judge, not what the, the agents yes, do. Yes, yeah. No, I haven't seen any data on that yet, but yeah. um, certainly, I mean, it's really, will, will, will we all feel more comfortable spending now is what they're looking for, and um, yeah, there's, there's just increasing school of thought thinking it's not going to work anymore. You can't just keep on cutting yeah. interest rates. And what yeah. do they do? What do they do when they get close to the zero? Do they well, start doing this quantitative easing thing that the Americans and Europeans have done? Well, the RBA has said they'll cut them to point two five if they've got to. Yeah, but yeah. But, but you're right. I mean, the, the cuts aren't making much difference except to to people who are relying on the fixed interest um, for their income. Which is which is just dreadful. I mean, I I feel so sorry for so many retirees who 
after the GFC were getting sort of 5% and 4.5% and things like that for their income. And when that's fallen to less than 2%, if they were really relying on that to live on, that must be an appalling um, impact on their life, which is a terrible impact. Mm-hmm. So the, the term deposits uh, numbers are still increasing? Yeah, they, up to... Um, Nine hundred and seventy-nine billion in household deposits. So term deposits will probably be, you know, four hundred, four hundred twenty billion of that. But you know, it's such a massive number. I mean, it's it's, it's a massive number from a global, uh, sorry, a, a national perspective. That gosh, there's an awful lot of savings here mm-hmm. that could be put to could, could be put to better use in infrastructure and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would that would give people a better return. So we're we're particularly interested in that development in. Everybody's saying let's have more infrastructure investment in Australia. Well, the people of Australia would invest if, if they got the right sort of investments with, say, if they were getting 2% in return deposit, but a good quality infrastructure project that, that paid them 4% or 4.5% would look very, very attractive. Yeah, that's, um, that's right. Point of view. Yeah, and you're struggling to get, um, you know, there's a few institutions, last time I had a look at the TD's rates that are offering two percent for about six months but there's not many most of them are you know mid 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 ones um so yeah, you're, str- yeah. you're struggling to get um two percent on a td now for, for yeah and, they're, and they're, they're the special rates and they're trying to attract you to come to them but yeah. it's so much of a pain in the neck for people to say oh i mean such and such a bank and i'm going to move all my money over yeah. to another bank and go through all the paperwork so many people you can imagine I me mean, i don't even do it no. Even for my mortgage, I do. I kind of have looked at my mortgage every now and again. But do people really shop around and do all of that work constantly? Maybe some people do. And oh, some, off them, but some people do, but you know, do you actually save that much, really? No, who has the time to do it? Yeah. Yeah. I have noticed, though, if you go back to your bank and say you can get a rate, you, you know, some of the banks now seem to have these things called business retention teams, and they, yeah. they, will, they will adjust the rates down on occasions. I did. I, I did that myself. I went to my, you know, mortgage lender, and yep. uh, when I called them and said, "Hey, this is ridiculous. I can see blah 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 rate elsewhere," and suddenly they went, "Oh, yeah, so sir, unless you're an important customer." And next thing, my my rate yeah. went down. Yeah, so you so that, that, that that's a call worth making to all of your your listeners. Yeah. Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard, we're talking to Richard Murphy about generally what's happening as far as interest rates and the effect that that's had on uh, various uh, and various parts of the market. Yeah, and so we're just talking about our portfolio allocations here and, and overseas or OECD countries, overseas, however you want to find it, um, it it's, it's more common to have um, a larger proportion of bonds and fixed interests in your investment portfolios than than has historically occurred here in Australia. And and so where are we at there at the moment? Yeah, look, that's pretty much... It, it's probably improved somewhat in Australia, but that's that's certainly the 20-, 30-year trend where you go to Germany. They didn't really invest in equity much in the 80s when I was working in London. They, they invested in bonds. And but we've had this wonderful, wonderful equity market and bonds haven't been listed on the exchange or generally available to most investors, but even in the institutional market where um, they do have access to bonds, obviously, um, it's still very low compared with other countries. If you look at just the superannuation figures that you were referring to mm-hmm. from the other OECD countries, so we're we're right down the very bottom. Sometimes we're we're last on on that sort of a measure. And it, it, the, the bad news on that is, well, that's the safer part of the portfolio. So it's all well and good 
being invested in equities when things are going great guns and many people are probably thinking but the share market's at all-time highs and so is the u.s market mm-hmm. it's at all-time highs and so is the u.s market and so is the european market because interest rates are plumbing these mm-hmm. extraordinary unprecedented ridiculous low levels that we've never ever seen it before if they have to go back up if the interest rates have to go back up because suddenly inflation bobs its ugly head up and starts getting out of control and they have to raise rates to get inflation under control the share markets will absolutely collapse. So if your entire portfolio, and they'll collapse because of technical reasons, because the interest rate will go up and they have to be, um, future cash flows have to be discounted back to a lower number. So share prices must fall. It's not just maybe they'll fall, they will fall. And if you're all of your equity, all of your portfolios and equities, then it's going to fall. And if you're kind of getting close to retirement, it's going to fall at a terrible, terrible time, which is why it's so many older people realize this, work it out and start putting more and more money into term deposits because that's the, really the only thing they can, they can get their, their hands on. Now they can get, um, there's more bond funds and bond ETFs and uh, bonds available like XTBs that, that, that we are the, the manager of. And that's, going to, that's only going to increase because um, we, we actually got approval since I last spoke to you, Stephen, to do primary XTBs, which is IPOs of bonds on the ASX. So we did a bit of a test the other day with composite a $425 million bond issue, and we did a little $1 million test. Can we do a primary listing of the XCB in parallel to that? And we did, and so you know, some small number of retail investors got access to the new Qantas bond that's only available to you know the big institutional okay. asset managers. So that, we, we're going to be doing that with our ESP back um, over the next two or three years, where big wholesale bond issues from all the big brand name companies that you know Instead of just going straight to the, you know, Colonial and AMP and big mm-hmm. asset managers, they will be available on the ASX and people can subscribe to another Qantas bond issue. You know, that one's already gone, but be you know, they, can get, they can get it at the, get it at the time it's of the bond issue. Yeah, I mean, one of the things people forget is like, you know, we've had clients coming in or investors coming in, you know, and wanting to buy CBA shares, which seem to be a, a favourite. I don't know why, but they seem to be a favourite um, because of the yield. And I'm just looking about, but what they what they what they're forgetting about is capital risk. And I'm just looking at here on the numbers. In the last week, if, if you bought some CBA shares at the beginning of the week, at the end of the week, you've lost almost five percent of your capital. And, and people mm-hmm. don't appreciate that. Yes, we might be picking up, um, you know, a few percent on the yield. But it doesn't take much loss of the the capital to uh, to put you worse than 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 in a yeah. savings account, for example. So whereas the whereas the bonds or, or the, the longer term TDs, are, you know, you're not getting the same yield as a as an equity, but you're running a lot less risk. Yes, yeah. And what what does the current state of the economy, when interest rates are being dropped, what what does that mean for those prices? Share prices going forward, so there's economic uncertainty in the share price. Plus, if interest rates go up, then there's technical uncertainty that they they will fall. So therefore, your six percent yield that you thought you were going to get is then suddenly minus eight percent capital, and you're 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 actually minus two overall. So, yeah, that that's the sort of equation people need to start thinking that equities are definitely volatile, and that's that's been a wonderful thing because if you're doing it over thirty or forty years, they generally go up, and the volatility is helping you. Um, but they do also fall. So when, when you're looking at your portfolio, some of your money has to be safer. You have to have a stable anchor that says, I cannot lose this capital. I don't want this capital to go down by 10%. I want it to stay at or around 100%. And only current deposits and, and government bonds and senior bonds of um, you know investment-grade companies, they're, they're the only things that are kind of in that sort of stable 
zone. Um, property is also volatile. So you can't say, I'll just buy investment property. It, it's also a growth asset and it yeah. can shoot up, but also can fall. Yeah, and that, that, that's right. So, so, you know, people need to consider... Um, a lot of people don't seem to consider the capital risk. They just, they just look at the the, um, the increased in income, and and you're now starting to see the reappearance of these high risk, you know, advertised in the, the paper, these high risk, high return investments, and and yeah. and people aren't considering the risk. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah. So they need to. There is no with, with interest rates at zero point seven five. I saw somebody saying ten percent return on fixed income. Well, that means that that is some very 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 high risk loans to a very, very small company for them to be paying 10%. It is not Qantas. Qantas paid 3% on that on that, that $425 million raise. 3% for 10 years. That's all Qantas yeah, they, These loans are generally to, to, to mezzanine debt on property developers, and people will get yep. caught on that before. Uh, yep. And we're going to have to uh, talk to you in the new year, Richard, because we've run out Indeed. of time here. Look forward well, to it, Richard Murphy, and have a very happy Christmas. Uh, and that brings Thursday Finance to an end today on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.